Alright, so let me start this episode by getting way too personal. I was supposed to have released this episode a few days ago, like Monday or Tuesday. It is now Thursday, April 8th, and I'm barely getting around to it. And there are different reasons for that, but the biggest one was just a lack of motivation on my end. What I didn't factor in, or rather, what I didn't want to factor in when planning to produce weekly podcast episodes was that I am someone who lives in a constant state of self-deprecation. And when my confidence in my work is shot, I just dissociate from everything and everyone. That's not at all ideal for what I'm trying to accomplish in setting a routine for myself, but it's something that I know I'm just going to need to deal with. So, I am forcing myself to record this episode, and I don't know what that'll do for the quality of it, but I just need to be productive. I need to get this podcast going on a weekly basis because I fucking love music, and I want to share my passion with the world. Back in, like, November and December, when I was thinking about how I wanted to go about crafting Ulterior, I was pretty set on two things. The first was having a website for archive purposes, and the other was to not turn the whole thing into a podcast. Now, not only have I decided to deactivate the website, but I'm dedicating time to putting out weekly podcast episodes. And there are different reasons why I didn't want to make a podcast one of the staples of this whole endeavor. Like, I just, I didn't think anyone would care to listen to me ramble about music. And and there are already other podcasts out there, like State of the Scene and Note to Scene, who I think handled that aspect of alternative music media more appropriately and, like, grandiose than I ever can. Like, I have to ask myself, why would anybody want to spend time once a week And in some cases, more than that, listening to what I think about contemporary scene music. I can't really answer that, but I've learned in the last two months that I enjoy podcasting in a way that I didn't think I was going to. It won't hurt me to at least try doing these episodes every week if I can manage that workload. There will be some trial and error with making Ulterior exclusive to social media, like last Friday, I posted reviews of all the singles I listened to last week to. Instagram and Twitter, yet it took me a few days to figure out that I wanted to do that for albums and EPs. Like, I thought albums and EPs, I was going to actually write reviews and put those on Twitter and Instagram, but then I thought, why not just, the format that I made for singles where I just give it a like or didn't mind or didn't like rating, why don't I just do that for the albums and EPs and then on the podcast, I can go more in depth on what I thought about these songs. And, you know, maybe that, maybe that's not going to work, but it's what I want to try right now. So I really just need some space to, you know, put some ideas into practice and just see what happens. All that being said, the way this is going to work is I'm going to first go over very briefly my thoughts on all of the singles I listened to from last week, and then the two EPs followed by the one album I reviewed. And for the singles, I'll just go in the order that they were posted to my Instagram and Twitter. Afterlife have a new song out called Burn It Down. This was actually the first time I listened to this band, and I was really taken aback by how much I liked this song. I've said before on this show that metalcore feels very hit or miss to me lately, but 
This is stellar. The chorus is powerful and contains some really catchy instrumentation choices while also maintaining a high level of heaviness. And for all those reasons, I'm now pretty excited to see more activity from this band in the future if their material can be in line with the quality of Afterlife. Astoria State released their new single, Nobody Knows, and it, it wasn't bad per se. I gave it a score of Didn't Mind on Friday, and that still stands true almost a week later. It has a really mellow, indie sort of vibe to it, and there are moments in the song where it feels like I'm about to be hooked, but that doesn't actually come to fruition. There's potential here, and factoring in that this appears to be Astoria State's first ever song, or at least their first on Spotify, I look at this song and see it as a starting point more than anything else. I want Astoria State to succeed, and I'm going to listen to whatever they put out next because I can hear like I, I can hear some glimpses of hope in this track. Oblivion by Aviana was really, really fucking good. This was another band that I hadn't listened to prior, even though their discography is fairly packed by this point. There's some groove and vibrancy to the instrumentation that kept my attention, just as much as the stellar vocal delivery did. This is the exact type of metalcore that I'm looking for right now, and I'm really thankful for having come across this track. I'm not even ruling out the possibility that this might have my favorite breakdown of the year so far, which comes in the track's final minute and just, you know, elevates Oblivion beyond the high standard it had already set for itself up to that moment. Let me talk about my favorite song from last week, and that was Count On Me, which is the new single from Brockhampton. This comes after a week after Buzzcut, which was the lead single for Roadrunner, and Roadrunner is going to be out on April 9th, so literally the day after this episode is being dropped. Um, really, really good. I I love this song. I, I've always liked Brockhampton, not to the extent that uh, I know a lot of people have, but I've always found the material to be, at the very least, very enjoyable, and honestly, Count On Me is like in that upper echelon of Brockhampton tracks I've ever heard. It's very catchy. Like, in the second verse, there's, like, this implementation of, like, some very, very, like, faint electronic elements thrown into the backing track. And I think it just, it, it adds so much to this song. And I I really, really can't wait to hear Roadrunner. And apparently, Roadrunner is going to be one of the last few Brockhampton albums, although I'm, I feel like they've said something like, something like that before and they ended up continuing so you know we'll see what happens with that but yeah count on me very good roadrunner really really excited for that and that's for sure going to be talked about on the next episode of this show next we have misery by bexley this is following if we have to die which came out back in february those two singles share the same artwork so that gets my hopes up for something of a larger format from this band, like an album or EP. And I say it gets my hopes up because I've been thoroughly impressed with what I've heard from Bexley so far. Misery has a really cool and like also somber 90s grunge feel to it while also incorporating the mopiness of the emo genre. Like it's not flashy and there isn't anything happening here that hasn't been tackled by other acts before. But the way Bexley executes this specific sound is emphatic. 
This was one of the songs from last week that I kept returning to over and over again, and I'm still stunned by Misery every single time. Garbage are back with a new song called The Men Who Rule the World, which is the lead single from an album called No Gods, No Masters that drops on June 11th. It's their first album since 2016, though to be honest, it's it's been a minute since I last listened to a Garbage album properly. Like, probably Bleed Like Me was the last one, which is from 2005. But anyway, about this song, it, it was okay, I suppose. I gave it a rating of Didn't Mind, and by that, I mean that it just didn't do anything to sway me into the direction of liked or didn't like. And I won't not recommend this song to anyone who likes garbage or just pop rock music in general. A admittedly, it has grown on me a bit since I reviewed it last Friday, but I do still hope for something just a bit more impactful from the next single. Half-Lives dropped a new single called Vibe, and this is the follow-up to their EP Resilience, which came out last year right as the pandemic began. And that's really a shame, because I did enjoy that EP, and I wish Half-Lives could have toured it. But Vibes shows that even after everything that's happened in the world over the last 13 months, they have not lost a step. This is a great song that contains one of the catchiest choruses I heard all last week, and the repeated hook of I'm sick of all your bullshit was almost immediately imprinted into my brain along with the na-na-nas during each chorus. Just an overall powerful song that continues the momentum Half-Lives built for themselves, and I'm really glad to see that's the case. Cold Blood is the brand new single from Junior Varsity. The artwork has some cows. That's cool. Cows are dope. This song's also pretty dope. The whole backstory is fucking wild, honestly. This is Junior Varsity's first song ever, yet they cultivated a fanbase already through social media, and that's gotten them over 150,000 listeners on Spotify. Given all that buildup that Cold Blood had, I think Junior Varsity succeeded in giving their super patient fans something to be appreciative of. There's some indie and hip-hop and alternative rock vibes mashed together in this song, and I thought it made for a really good time. Hopefully their next song doesn't take nearly as long as it did just to get to Cold Blood. On the opposite end of Junior Varsity taking years to put out a song, Jutes just dropped Delete My Number, and I feel like this guy has new songs just about every week or every other week at this point. And the crazy thing is that he's remained consistent throughout all of the singles. Delete My Number has every attribute I've come to expect from Jutes. It's catchy, hella singable, just a massive vibe all around, sad boy lyrics that I can find solace in, R really just another successful outing from Jute, and I have no reason to doubt him moving forward. L literally, a fucking dub every time he puts out new material. Lil Lotus had a pretty monumental week, which I'll elaborate on in more detail later. For now, I'll say that his new single, Fake Love, is fucking fantastic. Lil Lotus is easily one of my favorite hip-hop artists going today, and Fake Love just further exemplifies why I'm sold on him as one of the faces of emo rap, if that's what you want to refer to the genre as. There was a lot to live up to following Girl Next Door, which I thought was a perfect song, but this track very much still holds its own against the absolute 
elite gems found in Lil Lotus's discography. Lil Nar has a new song called Not The Same featuring Lil Skies, and this is the first song in Ulterior's new rating system that I've said I do not like. I gave this song a chance because of the Lil Skies feature. Like, I think Lil Skies is exceptionally talented and has one of my favorite hip-hop albums of the last few years in Life of a Dark Rose. Lil Nar, though, is, um, in, in my opinion, not at, not at the caliber that someone like Lil Skies is. And I do not mean for this review to sound like a slander piece against Lil Nar because I do not think this song is trash or horrendous or anything of that nature. It's just not something that I can attach myself to, especially considering how many songs on this episode I'm giving praise to. So, yeah, this just this just wasn't really exciting to me. Lilith Czar, who is the, I guess you can say, alter ego of Juliet Sims, put out a new song called Lola. This is the second single from her upcoming album, Created from Filth and Dust, which is due out on April 23rd via Sumerian Records. I really enjoyed her last single, King, and even though Lola sounds very, very different from that song, I'm still a fan of it. I think Lilith has found something that works for this new endeavor in what is, you know, at its core, pretty straightforward rock and roll, but the way that her voice just accentuates every part of the instrumentation is truly something to be admired, I think. This track is mostly in the realm of a ballad before building to its final minute, which is where everything kind of explodes into this, like, wall of music that I thought was very effective. Another great song from Lilith Tsar, and I hope the album in two weeks can truly establish her consistency. Shine Like Gold by Love Ghost was Another song this week that I just couldn't get into, no matter how hard I tried. I want to like everything I talk about on this show. I don't want to spread negativity because I think all of these artists put too much time and effort into their work for anyone to just shit all over. But sometimes a song just doesn't grab me. Shine Like Gold, I, I want to say I got a grasp of what the intention was. Like, it's very emo and indie, and for those reasons I wish I could get into it, but it just didn't strike me as something I hadn't heard executed better before from other artists. What I will say, though, is that this band's library on Spotify is just flooded with singles that span as far back as five years ago, so at some point, I do want to listen to those songs to get a better understanding of who exactly Love Ghosts are, but just from this one single, I... I wasn't feeling them. O&R dropped a new single called It Gets to a Point, and I think he did a particularly good job here. The backing beat is very infectious, and while basic more often than not, it still did so much in helping add structure to this song while O&R laid over some very high-caliber vocals. I thought this was, like, production heaven, for lack of a better way of phrasing that. So much is happening, but not so much to the point where the song sounds cluttered with different elements. Everything worked together and created what I thought was a pretty memorable pop rock track. Palmist have a new single out called Spark. I initially thought I hadn't heard this band before, 
but I apparently had their EP from last year, Fake Smiles, saved to my Spotify. So I either never got around to hearing it, or I just didn't retain any bit of it. But Spark makes me believe that I just missed that EP, because I'm really, really high on this song. My immediate reaction was that it sounded like The Weeknd, so that made me question if Spark was some Weeknd song I didn't know about, and that this was a cover. But this is an original song by Palmist, and it was one of my favorite tracks from last week. A ton of vibrancy is spread all throughout this song, and it has just the right blend of R&B elements and like alternative rock, and it, it's it's fucking impossible to just not bop your head throughout this whole track, and I could not get enough of it when it dropped. Riley and Luke collaborated on a new song called Tell Me Why. Almost a year ago, Riley put out his debut album called Los Angeles, which in the long run, I ended up not liking as much as I wanted to, but it was still a very commendable, like, emo, hip-hop, and pop type of endeavor. And I think, I think Tell Me Why is along those same lines. Like, on Riley's other releases, you can, you can just feel every word he speaks and the way his somber delivery works so well with the upbeat pop tones found here is a work of art in itself. And the contributions made by Loot felt just as crucial to the song's effectiveness as Riley's. Almost to the point where I'd, I would say that I look at Loot as the stars of Tommy Why. And, and I kind of do regret not including this song in Scenic Overlook last Sunday because it's definitely one of my most listened to songs of this whole batch that I'm speaking about. Let's keep talking about collaborations. See You Space Cowboy and If I Die First dropped Bloodstained Eyes, which is the lead single for their split EP that's coming out on May 14th called A Sure Disaster. That EP is going to have two See You Space Cowboy songs, two If I Die First songs, and then this song, which is credited as being made by both bands. Fucking phenomenal work here. I love this song. There's no way I couldn't when I consider the caliber of both of these bands. Everything about Bloodstained Eyes just speaks to the craving that I have for nostalgia trips that take me back to the days when I was on MySpace seeking out every post-hardcore act I could. These two bands work so fucking well together, and I think the sky's the limit for them. And this was what I meant earlier about Lil Lotus having a big week because he's a vocalist for If I Die First. So the guy had two amazing songs last week that are on polar opposite ends of the scene spectrum. Too Close to Touch teamed up with Kafresi, and I, I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly, to remix Complain, which was off of volume 4 of I'm Hard to Love But So Are You. I remember thinking that song was just okay, but this remix takes it to a level that far supersedes what it was initially. I don't normally pay attention to EDM remixes of alternative songs, but this one works. I fuck with this heavily. It's catchy, and when listening to both versions back-to-back, -back, I got the sense that Complain was made to be a full-fledged electronic song. You know, I I'm not mad at all with this track. I loved it. Numb is the latest single by Waterparks, who are releasing their new album called Greatest Hits on May 21st. This is following Snow Globe, which I was kinda lukewarm on. It was fine, but nothing that I found myself returning to often. Numb, however, is 
everything I could have asked for from water parks. It's annoying. It's catchy. Literally the only two things that water parks should be at all times. I especially enjoyed the line, my band and I are like Coldplay that's allowed to say the fuck word. Like, I, I get a kick out of water parks being so self-aware. It works for them, and I'm fairly excited to hear this new record next month. With Confidence released Big Cat Judgment Day, and it's honestly up there with my favorite songs this band has ever put out. I'm pretty mixed on With Confidence for the most part. I think they do pop punk well enough to stand out, but put them against some of their contemporaries like State Champs and Rome, I wouldn't take with confidence over them. I, I very, very much so enjoyed this song, though. Like, the chorus here is so catchy and infectious and was one of the single sections of any song released over the week that I just couldn't get out of my head. I don't think it does anything innovative, and I've definitely heard shit like this from plenty of other bands, but when something is good, I just have to say that it's good. The last single I'll be talking about is Give It Up by In Error. For the majority of this song, there's a stark contrast between the heaviness of the instrumentation and the vocal delivery that I think echoes more, like, hard rock vibes than anything else. It was enough to keep my attention throughout the whole song, and I ended up really liking it. A well-rounded song from a band that appeared to just be getting their start. And their bio on Spotify says that they'll be putting out an EP this year called Death by Design. So whenever that does release, I will absolutely be talking about it on this podcast. So that was every single that I listened to, and now I'm going to move on to the two EPs that I reviewed on Instagram and Twitter. I'll start with Pink Shift's debut EP called Saccharin. This was actually produced and mixed and mastered by Hansel, who some people know on Twitter as SceneFacts. I wanted to highlight that first because that was how I even came across this EP, and I think he did some really cool work in those areas with this band. Saccharin was actually already released for the most part prior to Friday. There are five songs on this EP, and only two of them were brand new. Mars and Toro, which were actually the only two songs that I wasn't really into. I think they're fine. I didn't dislike either. But just compared to the other three songs, I don't know how much revisiting I'll do for them. Track 2, which is called On Thin Ice, is especially marvelous in my opinion. It's pop punk with some aggression tied to it, and I think that's a reoccurring theme th across all the songs that I enjoyed on this EP. On Thin Ice has such a catchy chorus that stuck with me even days after hearing it. I'm gonna tell my therapist on you which I thought was a cute title for the song, retains many of those elements that I enjoyed from On Thin Ice while modifying them enough to make this its own standout track. And then Rainwalk closes the EP on a very cool note with some of the more quirky and weird yet fun instrumentation choices made on here. Overall, I really enjoyed the time that I spent with Sakurin, and I can totally understand why Pink Shift have momentum behind them despite still being a relatively new band. I want to see them grow, and I, I think they will. Good shit all around. The other EP is Full Arcana by Notions. I had to give this EP a chance, since Notions is from Austin, so 
I have to show some form of bias for Texas-based projects. The bio on Spotify for Notions singles out four specific bands as influences on them. Slipknot, Korn, Era, and Fire from the Gods. That's a really, really interesting lineup, and I don't know if I hear all of them on this EP. Although there is a heavy emphasis on some type of marriage between metal and hip-hop present on Full Arcana, I liked about half of the EP. And I say about half because one of the songs that didn't do much for me is an interlude, so it doesn't carry the same weight as the other songs that I didn't fuck with. I think Monte Cristo works so well as an opener, but then there's a stretch of songs like Succubus and All for One that really lost me. But once the EP gets to track 5, which is called Kevin Bacon Isn't in Top Gun, I thought the momentum shifted back into the favor of Notions, and the closing song, Algorithm, probably stands as my favorite of the EP. The first verse did a lot in helping establish an eerie atmosphere for the song before going into a fairly catchy chorus, and then from there, that marriage between metal and hip-hop that I spoke about truly gets to flourish. I, I would say that if you think you'll be into something that dips pretty heavily into both of those genres, then Full Arcana is worth giving a chance. Would I say I'm a fan of Notions after hearing this EP? I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I still need some convincing. But either way, I intend on still following this band and paying attention to what they do next. So, there's one more release to talk about, and it's the debut album from Upon the Water called UTW. This release has been a long time coming since the first song for it came out back in 2017. So, Upon the Water have been working toward this sound for a fucking minute now. And, just like, uh, just to make this clear, if I mention other artists in a review, it's not really intended to be a comparison so much as I'm just trying to give listeners an idea of what something sounds like that they maybe haven't heard before. There were two bands that jumped out to me as potentially having influenced this album, Architects and Volumes. I hear so much of those two acts all throughout this record, and, and maybe even some Silent Planet, and that's not just because Garrett Russell is featured on one of the songs. And I guess since I just mentioned it now, I'll, I'll go ahead and start with that song specifically. Two, which Garrett is on, is my favorite track on here. It's paced so well. Like, it knows exactly when it needs to be heavy and when it's okay to scale back on that and just create this beautiful atmosphere throughout the instrumentation. And then Garrett kills his feature on it. Ultimately, I liked this album way more than I expected to. And when I say that, I don't mean that I came into this record thinking I was going to hate it, but I understood that it's a metalcore album, and I don't necessarily have the best relationship with metalcore right now, but this was right up my fucking alley with the genre. Only two songs, Solitude and Retrograde, I didn't really fuck with that much, but everything else on here kept my interest, and that's more than I can say about a lot of metalcore albums as of late. This record is wildly consistent with its features. Like, at one point, there's a stretch of Nameless featuring Dana Willax from Kingdom of Giants, and then two featuring Garrett Russell, like I just said, and then Rise featuring AJ Jones, who I really, really wish I knew more about, because 
whatever he contributed to that song, it was fucking masterful. I only just came across this band like a month ago, but if you've been riding with them for the long run, you were fucking rewarded with this record. I don't know where UTW will stand with me as months progress and the recency bias wears off, but I'm for sure going to keep this album in the back of my mind when thinking about what records from 2021 left a good impression on me, because Upon the Water executed metalcore with the prowess that not even some popular acts in the genre have. And that's going to do it. That's Every release from last week that I wanted to talk about. Again, I know this episode is past due, but it was better late than never. I'll, I'll post this on social media, but the way that I envision this whole thing working as far as like a schedule goals is as follows. On Fridays, I'll post reviews of every single I heard that day. Saturdays will be reviews for any new albums and EPs. Sunday will be Scenic Overlook, which is where I rank my 10 favorite songs from that week. And then Monday will be the weekly podcast episode. What that does is it frees up Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for me to catch up on some stuff like the first quarter reviews and then the episode where I rank every Bring Me the Horizon song. Really, I just want to keep myself busy. And once I get, once I fully get into the routine, my hope is that putting out content will just become second nature to me. Maybe that'll end up happening, or, or maybe I'm just pushing my luck, but either way, I won't know until I try it. So, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Take care. And, as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene.